Welcome to the first episode of the Misty Blue Days of Our Lives. Thank you for tuning in. As a legal disclaimer, nothing said here on this podcast should be used in place of medical professionals. Use this advice at your own risk as the intent of this podcast is to share personal information. So this first episode is going to be about the cycles of grieving a chronic illness. I'm going to basically be reading um, a blog that I shared that I wrote on my website, which is www.mistybluedream.com. And it actually got shared on The Mighty, which was super exciting and definitely a huge goal of mine. And I'm going to share that today as my husband is um, cooking chicken wings. <laughs> so if you hear any funny sounds, that's what's going on. Um, one of the things about my podcast is that, um, you know, I'll, you'll probably have a random cat show up or um, my husband ripping ass. Um, <laughs> but that's just how, that's just us that's me and so you know i'm i'm not um gonna polish anything up so you get what you get so the cycles of grieving a chronic illness the kubler ross model of the five stages of grief was pioneered by a swiss american woman named elizabeth kubler ross her book on death and dying elaborates more on this theory and her studies her model of the five stages were my inspiration, but I put a twist and my own touch on the stages of, in the perspective of living with a chronic illness. For chronic illnesses, this model is not linear. It is a circle that loops back and around over and over. Identifying these feelings helps not to feel alone and to make sense of what we are feeling. That is actually normal. If you don't have a chronic illness, maybe you want to understand what goes on in the mind of someone who does, and thank you for that. Shock and denial. One moment you are thumbing through what to wear in your closet, the sun is shining through the window, and the entire day is ahead of you. The next, you're rolling out of bed in agonizing pain after waking up at least six times throughout the night. This is your norm. Perhaps you have lived with chronic illnesses for most of your life, and it has always been your norm only you have been dismissed by doctors and left without answers. When you finally get a name or an answer to your health issues that were ignored for decades, while you were labeled as a hypochondriac by people you thought cared about you, it can be a shock. There are times when I go to my doctor's office and beg for another set of labs. Please test me for metals, maybe my vitamin levels again. I know my thyroid is perfect and my electrolytes are beautiful, but I can't accept that I'm stuck with this pain forever. Maybe, just maybe, there's something else, I said to my doctor last week. Usually, I get the results, and they are perfect, or maybe a few small red flags, but nothing to be causing my body to feel like I was thrown down a flight of stairs just before getting trampled on by a stampede, when all I did was sit at my desk or get ready for bed. That's denial, my friend. It's like you finally get the answer you have searched for, and you want to light it on fire and ask for a redo. Denial is working full-time when your body should not work at all, but you have bills to pay. 
So you work all day until you literally collapse in bed, too tired to shower, muscles spasming everywhere, and every atom of your existence is in agony. Denial is smiling and listen to your friend's conversation while your vision fades and your hands and lips go numb, but you don't want to say anything because it's normal for you and you want to be normal for them. Anger. There are moments where, there are moments you are doing something mundane, like brushing your teeth, and you just start sobbing. Why me? You question everything, combing through your past and present to investigate where you went wrong or what if you had taken better care of yourself when you were younger. Why me? Why though? Why when you are such a fighter and you are always so positive and you did everything by the book and still here you are suffering? It isn't fucking fair. The cherry on the cake is when people tell you that maybe exercise would help, but when you exercise, your heart rate skyrockets and you get chest pain and bronchial spasms and you feel like passing out. Or you need to heal your childhood traumas gets thrown at you for the fifth time, but you have done nothing but read inspirational self-help books, healing, and even see a therapist. How about maybe if you changed your diet or took this supplement, Sure, nutrition is important, but what haven't we tried at this point? Even after two solid years of eating clean, cutting out preservatives and processed foods, dyes, additives, and fillers, eating a strict anti-inflammatory diet, juicing, supplements, etc., the changes are minimal. Yes, there is some relief, and my migraines are minimized, but that doesn't put a fucking dent into this mountain of health issues. I've tried all the protocols, diet, supplements, and will probably continue continue trying new ones throughout the cycle of grieving. Maybe Karen could help her arthritis if she stopped drinking her Diet Coke and did yoga. Or Steve, perhaps, could lighten up on drinking and the late night fast food binges, but we're not all Karens and Steves. There are moments when I am pissed, I'm furious, and I'm exhausted and in pain, and I'm so very angry, but these moments pass and I continue to fight and be positive. Let us move through the steps and keep your advice to yourself unless it is requested. We don't live in this stage, but we visit often. Bargaining. I promise I won't eat any more chocolate peanut butter cups in my car on the way home from the grocery store. I'm going to juice every morning. If I do better, maybe I will feel better. I will be more spiritual and more positive and even do yoga. That is the sound of bargaining for a better outcome. Yes, lifestyle changes are important to our health, and especially balancing stress. Don't confuse this with not taking responsibility. Be responsible, but know that this roller coaster of being disheartened and motivated is the pattern of grieving. We often think that maybe we didn't try hard enough, and part of the denial aspect is thinking that maybe if we tried harder, there could be a solution. I'm going to read a quote from E. Condolence. The individual is clinging to the threads of hope, however thin and worn the fabric may be. Breakthrough treatments in medicine or intervention by a spiritual being or a force are seen as a source of temporary suspension of the inevitable outcome. The next stage is depression and anxiety. Depression is a feeling of impending doom, but that feeling sticks around even when you are happy. It slithers into your existence, and it isn't always tied to a memory or life experience. It just exists. Even on a good day, that feeling can hang around, 
You can hide it and you can pretend it isn't there, but it is the nervous butterflies in your stomach that grow into your chest. Positively thinking it away is not a thing. Depression is not always a mentality that you can control. It's also chemistry. Though depression and anxiety do not discriminate, they can be more prevalent in the disabled or chronically ill community. Imagine building up your goals and lifelong dreams. Your ambition, personality, and positive mental attitude kicks ass and you have the world at your fingertips, but you keep getting knocked down due to uncontrollable circumstances like your health. Sure, you can dust yourself off and try, try, try again. However, it's fucking hard and it sure gets old when decades go by and you watch your peers buy houses, new cars, and live successful lives. Meanwhile, you're trying to figure out how you can afford not having income for weeks or months at a time as you recover from a surgery, balancing which medications you can afford while making sure there's enough money left over for a cheap dinner. Then you just start over just to ride the big wave until you crash again. It can also be lonely. Even when you have supportive friends and family, it's a place that not many people understand. It's an unpaid full-time job. It's exhausting, it's scary. Support groups are very helpful. Finding a community of people with similar health issues will help you cope, not feel alone, and also educate you on your illness. Anxiety is an issue as well because having chronic illness can be traumatic. For example, I had WPW syndrome, which is Wolf Parkinson-White syndrome. Um, and my heart rate would go into the 250s. I also had many scary arrhythmias, so when I hear a hospital heart rate beating sound on TV, it gives me major anxiety. It's a trigger for me, as well as fast rhythmic tapping. Acceptance. Put your warrior paint on. You have your medical records organized, tests and labs done, you're making progress with answers or even starting new treatments. You got this. Or maybe you don't, but you just have accepted the cards you are handled and you're gonna make it work. This stage varies for many and it is a sliding scale. For some, it could mean you are managing. For others, the stage comes and goes, varying on what condition your health is in. Again, this process is not linear. It's a scribble. You might visit the land of acceptance often. Maybe you have a beach house there, or maybe you're planning a vacation here, but more than likely you never retire here. We are nomads of this grieving process. We jump around, visit, flip-flop between two stages and circle around. Acceptance is the best place to be. It's where we really feel positive and not just faking it. It's when we fight for awareness and advocacy. It is when we make progress or actually have a less painful day. It's when your treatment is manageable and you're coasting. These are the five stages of grieving your chronic illness. Keep a journal, see a therapist regularly, and join support groups. This right is tough, but you are not alone. It's important to manage your mental health as well as your physical health. And as always, I like to include the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800. 273-8255 if you ever feel like you need a little more assistance you can call that number or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org so thank you for listening and if you 
have any questions, you can always reach out to me. My website is mistybluedream.com. That's M-I-S-T-I-B-L-U-D-R-E-A-M.com. And on Instagram, it is at M-I-S-T-I-B-L-U-D-A-Y.